0: Costs We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host Vincent Ferrari and joining me as always my good friend Ethan Carter. Howdy bud. Hey man, how's it going? It's going so well. It's happy uh, Veterans Day. Yes, happy Veterans Day to all to all you brave soldier folks. We appreciate everything you've done. Absolutely. That's it, that's as, that's as political as this podcast will ever ever get. <laughs> I like it, I like it. So you know Funny thing happened on Twitter today. Yeah? Yeah. Bear naked, Justin. (laughs) You you bastard. (laughs) I know you're listening to this. He he, squeaked. Sneaky, sneaky. He skated, and he knew he was going to get asked. And he just shut his mouth and let it go. So we forgot to ask Justin what fulfillment was for him. And damn it, that pisses me off. (laughs) He's the first guest to skate on that question. Yeah. I, I even asked Jason Stapleton that question That's for God's right. sake. Yeah. Jason Stapleton, Bob, Evan and Caitlin, Steve <laughs> Ramsey, I've asked the luminaries of the field, yep. and no, Justin gets away with it. Justin, everybody gets one, but well, not
1: gonna Justin, happen again.
0: Just remember, you know, you're going to want to come back on this podcast, buddy. <laughs> and that's gonna be the first question we ask you when you come back. And we're on gonna throw podcast. in another Difficult one at the end. So oh totally I actually <laughs> pitched so I um, did, did you see Steve Ramsey's uh, video this week? No, about, I did not. Okay, so he did a whole video about why he stopped making YouTube videos and the problem with YouTube is really interesting Oh,
1: uh, yeah, 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 no, I heard about that. It was yeah. great.
0: It was well, great. It was a great video I might actually make that a bonus pick of the week. Oh cool. But, yeah I totally hoard the podcast in his Instagram story. I'm like, hey Steve, you know, I know you, now that you're doing the next course, and you did say you'd want to come back on, so we'd love to have you on to talk about this and what you posted. So anytime you want to come on, let me know. We'll see. I would love to have him come on. He was one of the
1: one of the first videos I ever made anything that he made off of, and again, really this before I knew that it was back when I was like who makes videos for youtube like why are they spending the time doing it? i don't you know it was like <laughs> i didn't understand it at all and uh yeah i made a, a stomp box that he
0: made so all oh, right you did men- yeah you did mention this the one he made for his son yep yep i do i do remember the story that's right i've made many things that he did but only because i took his course <laughs> <That's>, yeah right <laughs> apparently one of the things in the next course is he's calling it the weekend workshop oh nice and one of the things he's making is a new version of the basic mobile workbench oh nice and now i'm pissed because I'm so like now mobile. I have an inferior. I'm gonna have an inferior basic mobile workbench,
1: which probably works fine. But you're always gonna sit there and just look at it and
0: be like, "That's inferior." <laughs> I know. I can have the better <laughs> one. I want the better one, and it's funny because that that is my number one work surface in my shop. Like the most used, the most abused. Yeah. There is just. It looks like it has the worst case of chicken pox you've ever <laughs> seen, because there is just glue drips all That's, over the damn thing. That means it's working. Yeah. So last last weekend, mm-hmm. last Sunday, I finally delivered the White Whale. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Finally got it out of the shop. Oh, man. That must felt good. It felt really good. And for those of you new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, the White Whale is a cutting board that literally was in my shop as a project idea for... Since March, oh, maybe? I mean, well, let's just put it this way. The project was commissioned before I had my surgery, and I had my surgery March 1st. Yeah. And it's now November. So So it's been yeah. some time. It's been a little bit of time. But when he the, the owner got the board and I asked I asked the guy who bought it, I was like, What did he think? And he sent me two pictures. It's already got a place on the counter and Love it's it. it's at home. He loved it. He lost his mind.
1: That's fantastic.
0: And it just made me so freaking happy. So yep, he got his cutting boards and all was right with the world. So That's
1: awesome. Well,
0: you know, again, it's now it's on to the next thing, right? Yeah, unfortunately, my next things are... I have something now that I have to work on now that the deck is cleared. Mm-hmm. And it's a very intimidating project for one of my, I wouldn't say heroes necessarily, but somebody I look up to on YouTube, and I don't want to call him out, but he knows who he is. And he commissioned me to do a very special project. And now the deck is clear. Like, I have no right. excuses anymore. Yep. You are the next project. And it's like, oh God, now I got to really tackle right. this like crap, and i'm scared to crap. death yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah so he's probably listening to this right now smiling because he knows i'm talking about him and he's like, I, huh. I i was i told you once i cleared the deck you were next and now you are next so <laughs> <sighs> it's been i you know we could talk here's something we can talk about because i've you know i've been talking about how good business has been yeah. but the last couple of weeks have not Slow been down. so good why do you think that is i you know i don't know dude I don't know. Things have just slowed down to the point where it's I know as a business owner you you get to a point where you always expect growth and and growth and growth and growth and growth. Mm-hmm. And numbers wise my numbers last week at, week were good, mm-hmm. but that's because I had a couple of customs go out. Gotcha. And I'm just I'm struggling right now and I don't I don't really know why and I'm I'm trying to come up with new stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's I mean listen i am feeling a little of that, especially on Instagram, because for the, in a in a different way, but in the same way, I've obviously shifted and been focusing on YouTube a little bit, and mm-hmm. of course, that's gonna take attention away from instagram and and it's hard you know I, I I feel like I'm neglecting it and but you know it is what it is, yeah so sometimes you have to you have to kind of put something on hold to get something else going.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just, I, 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 it's the first time since I started doing this where I'm like, I don't really know what's happening. Yeah, and it's a little bit disconcerting because normally I'm like, okay, I know I'm not pushing as hard, I'm not, but I just, I started learning how to do, um, eye pin beating, which is, which is a oh, yeah, skill. Yeah. That, so
1: like what you, what you've been posting about?
0: Yeah, the earrings that I've yeah, been yeah. making, they're oh, all yeah. eye pin beating. So you and, hadn't done that before never did it. I had wow. no idea how to do it and I've been just reading up and getting beads and getting supplies and I've been tinkering with some new designs and I'm going to get them in the hands of people who, you know, they'll they'll really motivate them. I have one of the one of the customs that are sitting here is um my trainer, she wanted um something with tiger eye and she mm-hmm. gave me creative license. She said just do some I want earrings with tiger eye. And I started thinking, like, well, what is she into? Well, I know she's into yoga because she has this in her yoga studio. Mm-hmm. There's this curtain with ohms on it, and she's always oh, taking yeah. pictures in front of that curtain. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that curtain is gonna end up. So I did these really nice tiger eye, and I made them. They really, really, really look Indian. They are beautiful. So she's gonna get those, and then I'm gonna make her a mala to go along with it, a brace, a mala bracelet. Um, and I'm gonna hand, I'm gonna hand knot and hand string the cord to do it awesome I love like it. i'm gonna do it the traditional traditional mm-hmm. way you know i'm gonna have a nice guru bead on it for her and it's gonna match the it's gonna match this piece and i think <laughs> when i show people the finished package of the earrings and the mala i think that's gonna click for some people right i hope yeah. i i honestly don't know anymore like i did i did one for autism awareness with two puzzle pieces and some blue um, some blue glass um, cat eye beads, and they're mm-hmm. gorgeous. And I thought that at least one of my friends would have bought them, and they didn't. And
1: there's nothing crickets. Yeah, and see, so you got it, you uh, got it. But that's the thing; you got to keep trying because oh yeah, it's gonna be a hit, and not everything's gonna land.
0: And you just got to keep trying, right? So yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow, right now they're only available to the Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. page. But tomorrow, I'm gonna put them up in the store. They okay. may sell the minute I put them in the store, and right. I might be just thinking. You know, gloom and doom for nothing. Right, but so, it's it's okay. hard.
1: Well, so uh, just reminded me. Did you and not to self promote, but did you ever did you see because this goes way back. So this is way before we had connected. But did you see the Enzo uh, necklace I made for Patina? I'm I
0: probably did because I've gone back and watched all yeah, your I'm stuff. Sure you but, have. But, but off the go top, can check it mind. out
1: because that was, that was a fun one. That was uh, actually that was before Instagram. But then I did a post about it. But but talk about. A, uh, not doing my research I, so an Enzo is basically uh, I don't know if it's Japanese I don't know what it is but it's a paintbrush uh, symbol so it's you paintbrush and it's like a swirl like a circle but mm-hmm. it's got the fingers of the paintbrush if you can imagine that and uh, it's a Buddhist thing and, a, and very big in yoga and stuff like that which Bettina is um, anyways so I knew that and so I wanted to make her a necklace uh, of it but I used a steel washer
0: And that is the wrong kind of metal to try to manipulate. I have seen this. I'm looking at the picture of it. By the way, it's gorgeous. But
1: it was, (laughs) it was the hardest, dumbest thing I've ever tried to make. Because (laughs) like it's hardened steel. I mean, it's basically. I I just I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I had files. I had my Dremel. I had uh, my you know uh, jewelry saw. I was trying everything and took forever. And then we tried uh, tried to go get it uh, a hole put in it. To put a, you know, put something to make it into a necklace, and the jeweler was like, "Ah, I'll, I'll give it a try." He broke. I think he said he broke ten bits trying uh-huh. to drill through this
0: thing. So yeah, it's it's getting through a washer is tricky.
1: Well, and there's so many other. My thought process was it's already in the shape of a circle, so I
0: can sculpt it less. You did a good job on it. I mean, I'm looking well, at it now. I, I knew what it was when I saw it. Cause, well, so that's good. yeah. No, it was a fun one. It was a fun one, but it was just like one of those
1: where if I had done my research ahead of time, I would have absolutely chosen a different material to work with. But. Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> and and you probably could have, if you'd done it, I'll tell you what, though, just devil's advocate there. Mm-hmm. If you'd done it with a thinner material, I don't think it would have looked as cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I I think that, yeah, it needs some kind of bulk. You want it to yeah. almost be sculptural versus just a
0: one-dimensional thing, right? Wow, that is really freaking cool. I'm, I'm really impressed with this. Well, so you did this with a Dremel?
1: I did I, mostly, actually, mostly with uh, hands, uh, with files, to be honest. And wow. I did have a, a Dremel engraving tool, which actually ended up. But I got it after I was so frustrated that I couldn't do it. So it was a, it was definitely not a anything I could make money. I, I would it probably took about, I probably took about ten hours to be honest
0: that's the worst right like that would sell but yeah you definitely couldn't you couldn't make that and charge what it would be what your time would be worth on that but there's a different material i'm sure i could use but maybe 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 it might be worth it to try to refine the technique on this Mm -hmm. a little bit
1: well i'm sure i've I've gotten better since then so yeah
0: oh (laughs) do you do like do you ever revisit your projects and redo them like is Uh, that something
1: very seldomly 'Cause that's um,
0: something that one of my favorite YouTubers just started doing. Her name uh she has a channel, it's Kelly Barlow Creations. She's a more of a crafter than a maker. I don't uh, think I know but, her. And she's been going back and redoing um her old videos every Thursday. She goes back and redoes an old video oh, with what cool. she's I learned like since she did it. And you can see that the, the techniques have gotten better and the creativity is definitely at a higher level now than it was when she was doing it originally. It's really cool to see People evolve doing, you know, growth. the yeah. same thing.
1: I, I think that's a cool angle. I, I, I kind of wish. Well, I don't. I have two videos, so. Um, but, <laughs> but no, I think that's a cool angle to do. Like, I'm gonna go throw back. back to two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. I am. I, I. 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 probably worry about, you know, my little company more than I really need to. I'm. I. This isn't like panic mode. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not my only source of income. It's just. Like I said, it's the first time where I'm like, what the hell's going on? Nobody's buying anything. Like, people have been buying stuff since I started doing this, and right. now it's like a drought. Yeah. And it's, know. you know, I don't know. I don't I, know. See, I have a feeling it, it's
1: probably a little bit of a lull before the holidays pick up.
0: And that's people have told me that. Yeah. That, that like, just relax. People are holding, hoarding money right now. Yeah. They're figuring out what they want. And then right. all of a sudden, you're just going to be so busy. I'm like, I hope so, because it ain't good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keep. We keep forgetting to talk after the show, but I, you got to hit me up because I've got an order for you. So, oh, wow, yeah, nice, yeah. So I'll get you going. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, I'm gonna. It's funny because here it goes. Right. So this is. By the way, anyone that's not a maker, that you know, on the internet, I'm just gonna give you a piece of advice. Buy stuff from somebody, and hope that they don't buy it back because then you're just. You might as well just exchange the item and forget (laughs) the money altogether. Um, Well. well, it, it's That's something that um I definitely need to do because I need something from you, actually.
1: Okay, so perfect. So it'll be an exchange. No, yeah. it, you know, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like that. I feel like that when we exchange gift cards, right? Like, <laughs> it's it's like that's, what's we the, don't even do it anymore. What's the freaking point? Like, just, yeah. what's the point? Just, But again, that's why I actually, I enjoy making handcrafted gifts. Even if they're smaller and not worth monetarily as much, mm-hmm. at least it's something that they're not going to get or it has some meaning behind it, right?
0: And that is know. something that we are very... Makers are very big on, and I'm learning that people who get gifts from a maker will take basically anything and think it's, like, gold. Right, If right. you have, If you give a gift to a good person, and it's like, wow, you really do appreciate the work that went into that. That's kind of cool. I wasn't exactly. expecting that. I right, right, I, right. I feel yeah. like I'm getting off cheap when I make something for somebody. Yep. Well, no, the right people, too, it's like...
1: Well, it's funny because people either put less value on the things we make than they should, or they put way too much. Well, they right? overvalue it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one of the one of the two. It's never really spot on, but yeah, the people because, like my family and stuff like that, they'll put they think it's the world. Obviously, I mean that's whatever. But um, but yeah, then there's other people that are like think
0: it's I can go to Walmart and get a cutting board, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the the old the mythological Walmart cutting board, which I've never actually seen. <laughs> no, because exactly. I've I've tried, by the way, because my sister in law sent me these really cool pictures. She went to um, on their honey on her honeymoon. She sent me pictures of this one shop, and they're doing um, walnut, maple, and cherry cutting boards. And I looked at them, and I'm like, wow, those are really nice. The price is like two hundred and forty dollars, and I'm like. All right, I'm not gonna say that that's not worth $240 because that's what makers do, right? We go, no, that's not worth that. I can make that much cheaper. But I looked at it and I'm like, there is some really nice wood in that cutting board. Like, my sister-in-law was like, is this the? Is this what a cutting board costs? I was like, actually, yeah, yeah, right. That's what a cutting board costs. Like, I wouldn't. I thought it was a little high, but not out of line. Right. Right. You know, and and she's looking at it. She's like, look at this serving tray. It's beautiful. It's $180. I'm like. Yeah, and if it's handmade, it might be a bargain at that price. Exactly right. Um,
1: Well, that's always my worry about too. Like, because the more more people that know that I do this or whatever, uh, especially at work and stuff like that, when they have something, even if it's not something I can make, and they kind of they know I know people, right? Mm -hmm. And so they'll reach out. And that happened recently, and I, you know, gave them a referral and stuff like that. But I, but it's always like this battle of uh, I feel like self conscious about. Both parties, right? Like, is the person I'm recommending gonna charge what they should charge (laughs) and, uh, and completely, like, blow this person away? Or vice versa. This person is gonna come in with wanting to buy a cutting board for 20 bucks, you know, like it's such a struggle, and I so I, I rarely I, I'm very cautious about when I do that for that it, exact reason.
0: But you don't want to introduce someone that's going to go to your friend and say, "Hey, I'd love a cutting board. Can I have it for fifty bucks?" Right. Exactly. And then you're embarrassed because you made the referral, and it's right. like, "No, this
1: is not the way we were meant but, to do this." But at the same time, I want to support my fellow makers and and give them the business if I can, right? So it's like, yeah, know, it's it's, it's, a, it's a thin line to tight walk rope and tight
0: walk right we're always walking that tight rope though that's kind yeah. of the way that's kind of the way it is it's like if mm-hmm. i can make it i i know uh, and i realized this um okay so i'll tell you a story i'll tell you a story mm-hmm. so saturday saturday me and my trainer friend we were we went for lunch. we went out for lunch and then we were walking down she, she lives in a near i'm not exactly in but very close to a very crunchy hipstery neighborhood <laughs> and we were we walked past this one store and in the window, they had beaded necklaces with like gemstone beads, like tiger eye and amethyst, mm-hmm. like real stuff, not like, you know, glass, like this was, ge- you know, semi-precious Genuine. stone, stuff right. that I make. Right. And I am I see this one, this one mala there, and there's nothing special about it. It's 20 beads. It's not even a proper mala because it's only 20 beads. Um, it has one guru bead at the end. And I looked at the price and it was $58. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I looked at her and I said, does that, will that sell at $58? She goes, oh yeah, at the yoga studio I'm at, that would right. probably sell for like 65 to $70. I believe it, She yeah. goes, and if you go ornate with it and put more of a guru bead on it or a tassel, you can charge 80 bucks for it. And I'm mm-hmm. like... Holy crap, I have no idea what my stuff is worth. Like I'm I'm looking to make these and I'm like, I'm gonna charge like thirty five, forty bucks for them. Right. And she goes, Oh, you cannot charge forty dollars for these. <laughs> like it would just you'd just be crazy to charge that little. She goes, You have no idea what they go for. We have a display case and they have just stuff in there and stuff that's not as nice as the stuff you make is selling for three times what you're wanting to charge for it. And I'm like, All right, I need someone that knows this market better. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: Well, I think there's also the heart. This is what I've also struggled with with retail. I've only done a couple things, but I mean, they have such a markup, and I understand why they have to have a markup. But that also means that it's what you know. If you can sell, if you can sell it for forty five and feel good about it, mm-hmm. they have. I mean, t- to make a profit, they have to make. You know, they have to charge it for seventy or something bucks. Oh Again, yeah. Which is a shame, right? But that's the reality of it because they're taking inventory and all those other things. And I get that. But that's what's hard about, I think, people in our space trying to get into the retail space
0: is that you're instantly – I don't well, know. we're customers first, right? Right, right. And that's part of the problem. Like I'll look at stuff that I want to sell and I will evaluate it from the point of view of would I buy that – Right. What would I pay for that? That's the wrong way to look at it. That's a terrible way to price your stuff. Right, right. Because I guarantee you, if you price it based on what you would spend, you'll always undersell.
1: Oh, for for sure. So
0: you have to come up with a formula that's a comfortable price, and you better be willing to tack 40% onto that or don't even bother. Right. No, Um, that's absolutely true. If you're wholesaling, the only time I would make an exception is if you're wholesaling and you're building a relationship. That's a
1: different story, for sure. Yeah,
0: then then it's like, okay, I can take a hit on this because I know there's going to be more sales. Yep. But if you that's not your plan, then don't be afraid to charge. Like, I'm glad I'm glad we walked past that store Mm -hmm. because I'm looking at the stuff going. I could do this. Like I could do this right now. In fact, these earrings, that store would probably have been selling them for about seventy five dollars i'm gonna s I would sell these earrings in my store for forty, and I would not sell them for more than forty and I don't know why like forty not forty dollars to me seems like the right price, but then I'm like, Wow, why do you undercut yourself? Yeah. If you can get fifty sixty seventy dollars for them it's yeah. a tough
1: balance right it is a tough balance well I remember so this is really early on I mean I think I joined Instagram in February, January, February of not this year, but the year before. And, um, and then we we go to Jackson Hole. Actually, we're not going this year, but we've, we've been going to Jackson Hole every year for a ski trip. And they have this amazing store called Made, and it's it really is a great store. It's all these local crafts... Uh, craftsmen and artisans and all that that sell that they buy and sell their goods and it's really kind of really cool products um and it's one of our favorite stores so i went out the, uh so we were there and i tagged them in a couple posts or whatever and i made this jackson hole if, if you're not familiar with uh kind of the symbol it's a fucking bronco guy you know uh someone riding a bronco and um like in a rodeo and it's a very iconic symbol for the for the area and so i made bettina a necklace out of um one of the quarters which i know is illegal but um but i made it out of that and so i posted that and tagged them in it or whatever and a couple months later they reached out and said how would you like to make a couple of, you know a bunch of these for the store i was like absolutely but then i was like i don't know how to price or <laughs> actually do this i just committed to it and i don't. but yeah so but it was it was really tricky trying to figure out how to price them because i was like you know one of them it probably cost me you know time and everything like that fifteen dollars to make right right which is a lot if you're trying to it's a simple pendant it's not very anything spectacular and i was like they're probably gonna sell it for maybe 25 and so that's where i landed but it's just it was a really tough thing to figure out pricing especially with a
0: retailer you hand cut those with a jewelry saw didn't you yeah everyone yeah, okay so just as someone who's done a lot of work with jewelry saws over yeah. the years yeah i would have charged 40 bucks a piece for Yeah, them.
1: well no but you know what i did though so i also looked at other things on their site and there's other pieces uh uh jewelry and pendants that were very similar they had other quarters mm-hmm. kind of things that they charged 50 bucks and were much more intricate than what i was doing i was doing kind of gotcha. very basic ones and i was like there's no way that i'm gonna lose the deal and so I was like, you know, I'm getting started. If I can make 350 bucks, and it, I'm, it, I'm use, doing it in time that I would not be doing anything else anyways. That's, why not do it? Sure. Um, and you,
0: you have the real. Now you have the relationship. The relationship. Too. Yeah.
1: So the next year we went out there. I, met, uh, you know, I met with him, and it was just like, you know, it was a really good experience. And so, again, it was one of those learning experiences. I, I couldn't make a living doing that, but it was really fun, and I made some money, and they were happy. I was happy. So.
0: You never know, you never know what's going to be your thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm with the resin pendants, which are, you know, the thing I've sold the most of, I had no idea that people would buy those in the volume that they did. Right, right. You know, so those started selling, and it's like, well, okay, I'm going to roll with this for a little while, because this is what's selling. And maybe that's part of the problem, which is why I'm struggling a little bit now, because everybody that wanted a resin pendant got one. Yeah, right. Now it's like the next thing, right? Yeah. So now the next thing, I know I have, I do have some agate stuff that I have to get out, but that's, you know, I just got all my agates. I've been ordering agates obsessively for a couple of weeks, (laughs) so I have to get a couple of those out. Yep. I really want these earrings to take off. I yeah. really do. Well, because it just they, take a little time for it to seed and get to the right audience. Yeah, you know? yeah. And no, I I probably need... Look, the other thing this week is that my day job just exploded, right. mm-hmm. and I'm on super tight deadlines until the end of this week. So my brain is just not fully engaged. Right. You know, right, I got. So you're probably not the, and
1: promoting I, it as much as you would.
0: Yeah, or, yeah, you know, and also, whatever. and you know, not for nothing. But I also have the 5K coming up, December oh, 8th. Yeah, right, right. And I've been, you know, pushing it. really hard on running because I want to be prepared. So, yeah, it's life it's gets in balancing. the
1: way. It's a, it's all a balancing act. This is what we all struggle with, especially for the side hustle, right? Yeah. It's like, there's things come up in life, and if it's your side hustle, it's. Sometimes that takes a back seat. It has to take a,
0: a at least at least a a, a, a passenger seat. seat. <laughs> yeah, passenger seat. That's a better way to put it. Right. passenger seat. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's kind of life. I yeah, think absolutely.
1: I, I you know we you should feel like you're ourselves. moving slow. I mean and that's a then... the thing too. Is like I, I think we're all hard really hard on ourselves, and I think it's important to sometimes just be like, you know what, this week, if I only put out one Instagram post or two Instagram posts okay, like, the world is not going to end, right? Right, it's not going to
0: end. It's not going to end, so... It isn't over. Right. It isn't over because you missed a day. I realized, I realized, was it last Friday? I realized I hadn't posted to Instagram in, like, 10 days. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell, dude? Like, how did you go 10 days without posting? And I just realized, like, I just, my brain is just not there. Hey, I'm with you on that. I I posted a
1: couple like maybe two posts last week and one of them was just a throwback i mean it's just
0: i've been neglecting a lot but i gotta get my crap together that's that's pretty much the bottom line right
1: let's all right
0: let's stop complaining
1: and just get our stuff in gear
0: yeah wow i'm looking at my i'm looking at my (laughs) my jewelry bench right now and it's just it's a mess of just open containers and beads and bags i'm trying to come up with a good way to to store all these eight millimeter spherical beads that I have. And
1: yeah. one of the things I, and I've only tried when I was younger, but making earrings and stuff like that, how do you close the, like the clasp by the, the little circle part that connects to the earring? Dude, part? It's, that is the That's the part I could never figure it out. I, I always manipulate it, and I'm pretty detailed focused, but I could never get that right. So, the
0: trick, the trick to a jump ring, and oh, so, not, okay, jump ring. There's <laughs> a couple, yeah, so there's a couple of ways to do it, right? But the real trick to a jump ring, so, okay, I'm go back to, <clears throat> let's go back to January, to the first pair of earrings that I made. Um, my friend's birthday was in January, and I made her a set of Star Trek insignia earrings. <laughs> awesome. And I made them out of purple acrylic. It was the first pair I ever made. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, these are going to be really freaking cool. I'm so proud of myself. Look what I figured out. <laughs> so I make the earrings. I buy fish hooks to hang them on. Because I like fish hooks as a way to make earrings. It just it's easier than posts. You don't have to glue them, whatever. Okay. And I, I put the whole thing together and I come upstairs. I'm like, okay, I have everything I need. I'm going to make these. And I'm twisting on these hooks and I... Wrench it onto the Star Trek low and it just cracks. Yeah, and I'm like, son of a bitch. So I went <laughs> back downstairs to the glow forge, and I cut eight more. I'm like, I'm gonna figure this out tonight, right. and if I don't, I'm gonna have plenty of opportunities. <laughs> Turns out, what I was doing wrong. First of all, I was trying to open the fish hooks to put them on the Star Trek logos. Okay, don't do that. That is not the right way to do anything ever. Okay. Then I got tiny little 4-millimeter jump rings. I didn't know you could get more than 4 millimeters, so <laughs> I re- I ended up in the middle having to redesign these earrings so that they could fit a 4-millimeter. Now, it's eighth-inch thick acrylic, and I put a 4-millimeter jump ring. There was literally no room. Right, I just made a complete mess of it it was a complete dis- <laughs> i ended up getting it together somehow i stretched the jump ring to make it a little oblong and it worked okay cool but the trick to a jump ring is don't pull it apart that's okay. that's what people do wrong so they grab it and they open it like a clamshell instead of like twisting it yeah so what you do is you take long you basically need two pairs of pliers I could do it with my nails, because I have very strong thumbnails, but when I was on chemo I couldn't. My thumbnails would shatter every time I did that. So I learned how to do it with pliers. So basically what you do is you take one side to the right of the brake in the jump ring and you clamp hard with a pair of pliers, then you take another pair of pliers and you put it right next to the other side and you turn your hands in opposite directions. Okay. And it opens the jump ring forward to backwards. Right, right, so put, it's not, yeah, yeah, okay. You're not opening it. that, you're sending, you're putting the two halves past each other. You put what you want on it, and then you put the pliers back on, you twist it back until it meets, and you're done. And when you get fast at that, you're good, because you're you golden. can do anything after that. okay. That's the trick. That
1: makes sense. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I was definitely doing it wrong.
0: (laughs) Also, something that people do wrong, and they don't even realize they're doing it wrong, if you use, like, regular needle-nose pliers, you're you're going to make a mess. Mm -hmm. Because needle-nose pliers that you get at, like, Home Depot, they have teeth. Right.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And you you will screw up your jump rings that way.
1: Right. I got a couple, uh, um, you know, basically needle-nose pliers, but with rubber.
0: Mm -hmm. So they make them with nylon and rubber. Um the ones I have have nylon on them. Yeah, maybe that's w- what it is. I don't even the, know. Yeah. Yeah, so the ones I but the ones I use the most are just flat steel with no teeth on them. Oh, really? Yeah, I, they're just great. I bought a set. They're um maybe I'll link them on Amazon. I'll link them up to um um Amazon. They're made by WorkPro. It's a set of every pair of pliers with the exception of I forgot what the ones I had to buy were called, but they're the long ones that are they look like a drill step bit oh those yeah, are for yeah, doing for like bailing like, uh, and stuff like that and like i had to buy a set of those yeah. yeah but these are these are great they're they're really really inexpensive you can get a good set of jewelry pliers for like 25 bucks cool and they have all the ones you need and one of the fun parts of making jewelry is learning what all these pliers do oh i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> i didn't even know there were this many kinds of pliers and i'm like why do you need this one and then you start using them, and you're like oh i understand why this is like, shaped this it's way the right okay tool.
1: you gotta have the right tool for the job it makes a difference right
0: yeah, and that's that's the crazy thing about jewelry. Right? Like it's much more specific than woodworking. There is literally yeah. a tool for everything.
1: Well, so my my uh, unofficial sister in law um, works for Dune Jewelry. I don't know if you ever heard uh, Dune Jewelry, but they do. They uh, their kind of thing is they take sand from wherever um, you can send it in, or they have a you know a, a stockpile of, of sand oh. from different places, and they make these very really really cool. Oh my cool jewelry god! Thing.
0: This stuff is. Gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So she she started with uh, with the owner. I think it was like three of them in the owner's basement. It was like one of those kind of things, and and it's grown, and they they've done really well, and it's it, they do amazing stuff. Highly recommend oh. anyone. So basically, the, the premise is, is like if you have a beach that uh, that you went to with your family every year, you know, or or even um, so we have a family cottage in New Hampshire, and um, I took some uh, some of the sand from that beach. And you send it to them, and they make this custom jewelry. Um, Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. They have all different kinds of uh, pendants and shapes and whatever. And they have this process that they do to kind of whatever. And uh, but they put it into this, make it into jewelry, into rings or necklaces, and then you can give it to whoever. So I gave one to my mom because it was uh, her parents' cottage, Um, and you know they passed away, and so I. Uh, so I got the sand from that beach, sent it to them. They made a custom piece of jewelry for me. So very, very cool stuff. But anyways, so she's the one. She b- before you, she's the only person I ever knew that made jewelry. And so I asked. I've uh, re- always reached out to her. And actually, when I was making those pendants for uh, the Jackson Hole thing, I reached out to her, and uh, she told me about. I don't know if have you ever heard of Rio Grande?
0: The Mm-mm. website.
1: Mm-mm. Um, check it out. They are kind of a jewelry supply website, and I found that their prices are fantastic.
0: Interesting. Oh, Depending. yeah. Look at that. I searched for Rio Grande, and jewelry. Rio Grande jewelry supply yeah. comes right. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So, like, again, quality Ooh. products. I mean, it's not dirt dirt cheap, but you can get – they have the spectrum of, you know, inexpensive jump rings to really high-end, you know, silver jump rings and all that kind of stuff. So, that's a, right. it's a good site from what I've my limited experience
0: <laughs> so what you know what the funnest part of me making jewelry has been learning the terms mm, mm-hmm. and what things are called because it's really hard to buy stuff when you're making right. jewelry if you don't know what anything is called and honestly <laughs> i didn't know what a damn thing was called oh i'm sure and it's like oh i need those 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 rings and i'm Round like things oh, that, are uh, they split things. rings yeah. <laughs> mm. i didn't know what they were i knew i knew what nothing was called and you start to figure it out, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can totally do that now. But that's what's so frustrating. I think we talked about
1: it with like lamp, the lamp websites. If you don't know the language, you have no idea what you're looking for, and if no there, it's a bad website, you're you're lost. I mean, I don't know what to search for. I don't know what it means when I read a
0: description that says this. You know, it's totally and yeah. and that is, I mean, that's what Dave Petrujo always talks about when he talks about going into the metal, the oh, yeah, metal right. supply. Exactly. Because it's like you don't know you don't know the language. You, you know, hate, you, you you, you hate, don't. You and stupid. it's <laughs> intimidating as hell. Yep. Yep. Ah, uh, that is that is the worst part. Like I don't even like going to lumber yards because oh, I yeah. don't know about like how to get lumber the right way. Like I don't I can pick it out at Home Depot, but that's easy. Right. No, even
1: uh, Woodcraft and actually Rock I don't know. And it might just be my woodcraft and my Rockler, but Rockler is much nicer. Woodcraft is closer to me <laughs> so mm-hmm. i go there more but they're not very friendly and not very helpful
0: because but. rockler rockler's goal rockler's goal is to get people into woodworking woodcraft's goal is to support people who are already there yeah no you're right yeah and that that is the that is just a cultural difference with the company uh, that's that's an intru-
1: yeah you're right that's
0: totally true that's R- rockler is looking to make new customers that's right. the di- that really is the difference woodcraft is for people who are already in the
1: craft. Well, and you can tell by—I mean, this is one small microcosm, but you can tell by how they support this community too. Because Rockler is much more engaged than Woodcraft. Woodcraft.
0: Is. The only person I know sponsored by Woodcraft is Dave Malecki.
1: Yeah, exactly. John Malecki. John Dave Malecki. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, yeah, and, and then their po- the made for profit made for profit podcast is now sponsored as well. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. because of John Malecki's relationship, I'm sure. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So
0: yeah, it's. It's weird. It's weird that they're they act that way, but then again, if you think about it, you know, like Lowe's supports the community really well, and Home Depot kind of doesn't. Home Depot will work with a couple of people, but Lowe's seems to want to work with everybody. Right? Yeah. Totally. At, at least, at least in my experience, I, I feel like I feel like there's certain companies that just like is. Steve Ramsey mentioned in his most recent video, um, you know, like he mentioned Skillshare, Audible, and all these others, and it's like, you know, the people you see in like every video, and I'm like, yep, I definitely know that. <laughs> every single yep. video, every con- everyone is supported by Skillshare and Audible, and hey, I don't, go for it, guys. They, not telling you don't make your money, don't worry. <laughs> well, at
1: least it, the, it seems like the uh, mattress companies have backed off a little bit. That was yep. the weirdest one. Again, I don't blame anyone for doing it. I mean, nope. I, I, I get it. I 100% do. But that was like the weirdest tie-in ever It's like all these Casper, I think it was, and all these yep. mattress Cas- companies.
0: Casper, Casper. everybody was making mattress, making beds.
1: Which do really well on YouTube. So again, I mean, I guess maybe it is like a better tie-in than I'm thinking, but it just
0: seemed unnatural to me. I don't know. It. Yeah. You know, how many times can you make a bed? Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying don't. I'm saying, how many times are you gonna do that before you go? I think I've made enough beds. I <laughs> right. think I've made enough beds. It's like coffee tables, right? Yep. How many coffee tables can you possibly store? How many media consoles, or well, how many? There you go. So we we
1: mentioned coffee tables. I'm keeping track now. Now you mentioned that, <laughs> that. <laughs> just because I know it irritates you.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, we. It's so that was like the running joke forever, and it right, kind of right. every once in a while it pops its ugly head up again. I'm pointing out every time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> why not? Uh, why don't we take a little break, and then when we come back, we'll have, um, we actually did get some listener feedback. We didn't get any reviews this week, you bastards, but we did get some <laughs> feedback, so we're going to, because they're both really good ones that we can talk a little about. Awesome. So Let's do it. So we're going to do that when we come back. Great. So we got two pieces of interesting feedback, one of which is going to actually spur a new segment on the show. Mm-hmm. Um because it's something that we should be doing more of and we kind of did it this week but we're going to talk I talked a too much about what I did so Ethan's going to talk about what he did. So <laughs> the first piece of feedback is from Jeff who is at a weird guy on Instagram and he Shout writes, out. "Hey, you guys are great." We know Jeff, we know. Um I love listening to you every week with guests or not. I that I appreciate because yep. I always feel like god, why would anyone listen to us without Just a guest rambling. on but <laughs> Um, you never fail to entertain. One suggestion f- suggestion for guest free weeks is what have you been working on this week? It was nice to hear some detail behind recent projects like the water dipping experiment. Um, a question for discussion is regarding tool warranties. How do you guys keep track of which tools are still under warranty, and do you keep tool boxes and receipts somewhere for years? Do tool companies write whatever they want on the box knowing we won't ever make warranty claims week? Yes, they do. Um, (laughs) Thanks and keep up the good work. So that's a good question. That is a good question. That's a really good question. And here's my answer to that question for me personally. I do not keep track of warranties. (laughs) And here's why. I buy my tools from either RYOBI or DEWALT. These are the only real brands I buy tools from. DEWALT doesn't have a lifetime warranty, and I don't use my tools hard enough that they're going to fail before the warranty's up. Right. So I just don't bother. Ryobi's warranty is ninety days, and frankly, and I've br- I love Ryobi as a brand. I've said it a million times on this podcast. But the simple truth is this: if a Ryobi tool fails, I am not going through the warranty process. I will go back to Home Depot and oh, I will I replace I. the tool. Yep. I'm well, just not going to buy another Ryobi. I'm not going to go to Ryobi's warranty. I'm just not going to do it. I, it's not worth the time to deal with the warranty process with Ryobi. Just <laughs> go buy the tool. It's yeah. it's cheaper. By the tool,
1: yeah, I, I'm very similar. So uh, yeah, I, I would put myself in the camp of uh, do as I say, not as I do. Um, <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very similar. I there's a few tools that I will actually keep the warranty or you know register them so I have the warranty or whatever. And those those would be tools that I don't think are gonna uh, change over time, like my bandsaw or my table saw. Right, those are kind of mm-hmm. stable tools that that they'll have a life that could reach um, a point where they break and the warranty is still good right so right. those maybe I do I'm not probably not the best at it but those would be the ones that I would say and recommend all right think about those right the, your major tools but I'm hundred percent with you on on smaller tools hand tools um, anything battery especially anything battery powered mm-hmm. my feeling is is not even the tool but if if that tool dies in two years right and and i didn't do the warranty or whatever there's so much technology has improved oh yeah especially with batteries over that course of the time that i don't want the tool that i had i want the next one so so anything that's a smaller scale that especially that might change drastically over the next couple of years i don't even worry about it to your point it, the likelihood of it dying in the first year or two years is highly unlikely Correct. and if it dies after two years the technology has improved so much that it's well worth spending the money to get a new one
0: so that that so my first cordless drill my dad got it for me Mm -hmm. um when i got married it was the first tool i owned yeah so 2001 he got me a craftsman 16.8 volt cordless drill the damn thing i used the hell out of that thing i used it i used it long past its useful life (laughs) um Here's, here's the thing. So I replaced it in 2016. No, nope, 2017, I replaced it. 2017, the end of 2017, I replaced it. And what did I replace it with? I replaced it with a 20-volt Dewalt brushless drill. Right, oh my, right. Now, if you've never used a brushless drill versus a brushed <laughs> yeah. drill, you're in for a treat. If you've never used a 20-volt drill versus a 16-volt drill... You're in for a treat. It's like a whole different world, right. right? What was the price difference on those? Okay, when it was purchased, that Craftsman drill was about a hundred and forty-nine dollars. Mm-hmm. This Dewalt drill with the battery was a hundred. Right. right. It does not pay to go to Craftsman, right, and have them replace a drill that's way outdated. Right. Now I don't know what they. I don't know what Craftsman's policy wasn't I mean, really they don't have a policy anymore well exactly um, well
1: i mean th- that was the other thing i was going to say is that craftsman hand tools and i mean that was one of the craftsman's shticks, right back mm-hmm. in the day when they were still a sears brand or mm-hmm. sears exclusive is that they it was like a lifetime replacement kind of mm-hmm. policy just like El bean with the boots and all those type of things right right and so for hand things like hand tools and stuff like that that's a great policy but they also didn't require any kind of warranty you brought like i brought things back with a brushed uh broke screwdriver and they replaced it like yep so it wasn't worth it didn't i didn't need to save any warranty stuff i just it was part of their business model was to
0: have that as part of their tag you know mm-hmm. harbor freight is the same way is there really? something harbor freight breaks you take it back to harbor freight you hand it to them they'll hand you a new one on the spot they'll take it right out of inventory and hand it to you no questions asked but you're going to pay more for the gas that it takes you to get there, Then well, that's 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 like. exactly what it is, right? And <laughs> this is an argument that I have with people all the time. You value the item, but right. how much do you value your time? Right, and this exactly. is why I won't yep. go through the RYOBI <laughs> warranty process. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not because I'm, like, rich and I don't care. No, I'm not, not rich. All. Right. It's just I only have a certain amount of time in the day. Yeah. And to deal with them on the phone, like, I wouldn't even, like, call them. No. The only warranties I will say I do have... All my rigid tools, my few rigid tools, are all registered just in case. Yep. Well, the my the
1: bandsaw that I've yet to make a spot for. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will definitely I will definitely register that. Totally. Because because that is the technology isn't going to change that much anytime soon, mm-hmm. and it's a an expensive tool, and it's something that I I'm gonna I'm hoping to use for a long time, and yep. I and it takes me ten minutes to register it for
0: the warranty. So why not? I- and you know what I love about your bandsaw? You will never need that warranty. I'm just exactly. saying. Well, that's I have thing. that bandsaw. You right. don't need the warranty. But right. yes, it makes sense to have it because it is an expensive bandsaw. And, and why not? But for, yeah, to your point, save your time, save your money. Think right. about, here's, here's the thing, right? Look at the tool, look at the tool in a smart way. Mm-hmm. Look at it as, what is my cost to replace this? And I don't mean just your financial cost. Right. I mean, look at what your time investment would be to deal with a warranty, to get the swap out done, to do whatever. We're the then same look, value
1: tool, same, exactly.
0: Right, and I'm pretty sure that in most cases, you're gonna find that a new tool is probably a better investment. Right, for sure. I unless agree. you spent an exorbitant, unless you have like a sawstop saw, stop saw mm-hmm. or like Ethan and I have a Rycon bandsaw, where you spent a little b- more than like what a Home Depot tool, like Home Depot has a ten inch Ryobi bandsaw for ninety dollars. Yeah, I would never deal with the warranty on that. I just, I wouldn't. My time's worth more than that ninety dollar bands. I'd go back to Home Depot. I'd just buy another one. Right. Yeah. So, but if my Rycon bandsaw, which is about three hundred dollars to replace, That starts to become a thing where I go. That's worth it for me to deal with the warranty on that. Well,
1: and and it's a tool that I'm assuming that you would want to replace with the same tool too. That's the other thing too, right? Good point. Good point. Yeah, that
0: you wouldn't want to replace anyways. Then why waste your time, right? Right. That's a. You know, I didn't even think of that. That's a really good angle. Yeah. If you, have I wouldn't want to replace my Rikon bandsaw with like a, a low end Harbor Freight bandsaw. Right. That that's not what I'm about. That's a good one. I didn't even yep. think of that, but yeah, I would want the same thing back in my shop again. And that's what makes it worth doing the warranty. So. Good one. That's I never a good question. That's, this is why we do the show. This is why I need a co-host because <laughs> I never would have thought of that. That's actually a better angle than anything I came up with. <laughs> so, Jeff, thank you so much for your question, and uh, hope we, uh, I hope well, we. I hope we for the support. Um, oh, also, oh, let's do the other thing. Yeah, so yeah. we talked about what I've been working on—the new earrings that I've been working on—and now Ethan will talk about manly things. What did you work on this week, Ethan? I don't know if it's manly, but
1: um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's funny when it when that question came up. It's a little. I my first uh, feeling was, well, it's not. I'm I'm not working on anything I'm super excited about, and that's still true. But um, so basically, <laughs> what I've been working on this past weekend. Uh, was a collaboration, which that was fun, but uh, but mostly what I've been working on are these four simple circular cutting boards. Nothing spectacular at all, but uh, my girlfriend's uh, mother. Uh, every year she has like a holiday party with her girlfriends, her you know her four four best girlfriends, and they all exchange gifts. And uh, and so uh, this year she asked yeah she asked me if I could make uh, four circular eight to ten inch uh uh circles uh cutting boards and what she's going to use them for is she's going to use them as kind of the platter to serve other things so she's going to make kind of a um a, like she's going to have like honey and other local products and everything she's going to put it on the cutting board wrap the cutting board like kind of like a holiday gift basket if you would um and give it to her friends so i said sure um, and she didn't want anything crazy, just kind of simple, really smooth, nice cutting boards. And it's just not a, that exciting for some uh, for a maker, right? Like we want to do something ex- uh, extra, right? We want to add some stripes or you know make a whatever. And I don't make a lot of cutting boards, as you know, because I don't have a planer and stuff like that. Um, so because you're staying in your lane, I'm That's staying why. in my lane, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was kind of really unexc, you know not very enthusiastic about doing it but I started doing it and it was like you know what, this is an easy project it still takes time, right um, and all I did was cut four circles and I did round over uh, bits on both sides so it kind of, it classes it up and I think that's I guess why I wanted to talk about it is, as soon as I did that I was a little bit more excited, it's still four very plain cutting boards but mm-hmm. it's amazing to me um that adding little touches like Around over on on both edges that give it that the bottom a shadow and mm-hmm. just a more polished look it, it it transforms it and it's something so simple and so i got excited about it and then i was putting the finish on and the and the grain comes out and stuff like that so i got more excited about it so i've been working on those and i went into the weekend being kind of uh i got i have to do this you know it's one of those kind of projects it's not mm-hmm. something you're excited about and I ended the weekend being like, I really like these. I mean, they're again, they're nothing special. They're not anything fine woodworking or anything like that. But they look nice. She's going to be extremely happy with them. They didn't take me a lot of time. And, yeah. So, you know what? Sometimes
0: simple projects aren't a bad thing. You, it, they're, they're easy wins. Right? They're easy wins. Exactly. You, you go down to your shop and you can, like... Um... There was the cutting boards I did, the serving boards I did for my friend at work. Mm -hmm. Those oddly shaped ones that look like pizza peels. Mm -hmm. You know, I fixed hers and then made two more. That was an easy win for me because I knew I could get them done. I knew that I could probably do them with very little investment in materials. And you weren't reinventing the world or anything like that. Yeah, and I just, they were nice. It was fun. It was nice to make a project in a weekend. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because holy crap. I mean, that's another thing. That people don't appreciate, you know, a lot of projects I make because of my limited shop time, mm-hmm. they could stretch out for a week when really right. I'm only working on it a couple of hours a day. Right. But it's really nice to start something on Friday night and finish it on Sunday night. Yeah, totally. Well, like, that's, that's a rare thing, and it's like you can just pump your fists and go, I did that, you know?
1: Well, I also like, I mean, along the same lines, I, I really like the idea of whenever you're feeling kind of down or not down but like not inspired right to do a one day build i think that i think that's a really healthy thing if you've got the time right again if you're not you don't have things that you owe other people but if you have a day and you're just feeling uninspired and you those one day builds are really really fun i've done it a couple times where you just challenge yourself i'm gonna go from design to creation to completion all in one day regardless of what it takes and you mm-hmm. just do it. That's a really fun exercise, and I think it's a good way also of inspiring, um, you know, design ideas. Right? It. it, it um, I don't know. I think that's a really healthy thing to do every so often to get the uh,
0: creative juices flowing. People tend to respond to artificial deadlines and right, artificial right. artificial limitations. Yeah, which is why these, which is why the Rockler challenges that the Modern oh, yeah. Maker Podcast do. That's why they take off. Yeah, absolutely. It's like here you can make whatever you want, but you can only use one sheet of plywood, and right. somebody would just go, Oh, screw you! I can make whatever I want." No, that's not the way. Right? That's not the way people react. You would think that would be how people react, right? Right. But the way people actually react is, "Oh, I like this artificial limitation. That's a mental challenge. I'm going to go down to my shop and do that." I would never have made the clock that I made. I would never have come up with that
1: ever in my life. That clock
0: was freaking ridiculous, bro. Without that challenge.
1: I mean, I wouldn't have like, and again, that's nothing, you know, that's not a bad thing, but it's just, I wouldn't have. And it was because of the limitation or the, not limitation. It was because of the technique that I, that the challenge required. Mm -hmm. And, and that spurred the
0: concept. I, I absolutely loved that clock. Oh, thank you. I love it. And i i've said it you know beth and i watched the video and i'm like this is totally not my style no totally but i freaking love this clock
1: (laughs) well you know what i think was most surprising to me is that i i had this i had the same sense and again i think i said it last week it it really isn't my aesthetic right or my whatever um but i was and i thought it was i thought it would be more um polarizing (laughs)
0: <laughs> and it, it ended up uniting everyone. You yeah, know, no,
1: I mean, exactly. Again, even but to your point, I think it united people, even if it wasn't their style. And it's not mm-hmm. your style. You still appreciated it, and that, that's what amazed me. I was very taken aback by that. So
0: you did. You did something. You did. So here's the thing, right? When people when people see a bentwood challenge, what do they start immediately thinking? They start thinking chairs. They start thinking, you know, picture frames and whatever. Nobody thinks clock and even if you do the clock you're thinking of isn't an arch with a hanging clock like i was just so impressed with the way you thought it out and watching you put the kerfs in and leaving the space so that you could put the brass rod in and putting together the clockworks. and i was like you know he really i don't know how much you planned this or if you were winging it but it looked like you gave it a hell of a lot of thought before you actually started working on it
1: now, well, I appreciate that. I really do. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I it, I design a lot in my head as, during my hour-and-a-half commute, and that's where that happened. Um, but again, yeah, I, similar to what we were talking about earlier, I thought about it, and I was like, to your exact point, what would be a, a obvious kerf-bent clock? You would make the full circle, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, and I was like, that's... I don't know. That doesn't seem very, I don't know. It didn't inspire a little too derivative. (laughs) Right. So then I thought about what would make it more interesting and that's, I wanted it to kind of melt into the table or be coming out of the table and the, you know, and that's how it happens and I didn't, so there's a little bit of that and a little bit of planning and a little bit of figuring out as I went and, and I definitely did. I did, definitely did not have that whole thing planned out as I was making it but that's, that's what excites me. That's what really, like I get, I was super excited about that project. Could tell. Um, yeah, so
0: could tell. I mean it just looks it looks so good. I could totally see that on on like display at West Elm. Like just sitting there waiting wow. to be sold. Wow. And if I, if I had to put a value on the like if I was just valuing what it would worth, I would put a value of about a hundred and fifty bucks on that clock. That, yeah, that would be amazing. I I mean mm-hmm. I honestly think you should I think you should sell it. I, I hate to say it, but I think you should sell it because that's a That's an easy win. If you want an easy win, sell that clock. Somebody will buy that clock. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I will. Or maybe I'll make some more. Or maybe you could wholesale it to Handmade by Vincent Ferrari and (laughs) also. So we got another, we actually got another piece of feedback. And what was the name on this one? It was from. um, So it's Matt. Uh, He's on Instagram as,
1: uh, I'm going to spell it first. It's H A U S -S E R, daddy. All one word. Um, I think it's a playoff of Who's Your Daddy? and yeah. it's hauser daddy i think is is that how that's you why,
0: pronounce it i don't know that's why i couldn't find him before when you were giving because i had no it's hauser okay got it um, um but yeah great guy so hey man i love your podcast oh well, thanks we appreciate that and we love you too Um, It's really a great listen each week. The interviews or just one-on-one discussion with Vincent. Oh, yeah, he sent this to Ethan, so I'm the second person in here. (laughs) So Ethan's discussions with Vincent are entertaining. I would like to provide some feedback that the Etsy fees are 5% plus a 20-cent list. Oh, Jesus, scream screen went to sleep. Hold on. Okay. Um, Etsy fees are 5% plus a 20-cent listing fee versus 15%. Okay, yeah. So last week I said that the fee was 15%. I guess the person I got that information from was either talking out their butt or whatever Um, all the details are shared by Etsy I know Etsy isn't right for everyone but for a small business or Moonlighter Etsy provides a lot of value traffic transaction costs shopping cart integrated shipping labels negotiated shipping rates etc at five percent when Etsy raises their fees from when Etsy raised their fees from three and a half percent to five percent in 2018 I was skeptical but the provided value only increased Figuring Shopify charges a fee plus transaction fees, every platform incurs similar costs depending on sales volume. Well, that's not totally true because I promise you, Wix does not <laughs> charge me anything except for credit card processing. Um, and as far as shipping goes, I use Pirate Ship, which doesn't charge me anything except for the postage that I pay for. But your point is well taken. Shopify does charge you a transaction fee, and Shopify actually. And I love knocking Shopify, don't I? But (laughs) Shopify will actually charge you, um, will limit the number of transactions you can have on the lower plans. Oh, really? If you you have a certain number of transactions, you have to bump up to a higher plan, or you basically, you're out of business until you do it. And considering their low-end plan starts at $30 a month, it's not an easy nut to crack if you're, you know, as he says, a moonlighter, which a lot Mm -hmm. of us are. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, everyone's business is in a different place in its life cycle and Etsy would be a viable option for some. And at 15%, even I'd have to say see ya, Etsy. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think a lot of people even when they went right. from 3 to 5%, Probably, they exactly. pretty much bailed on Etsy because they felt like 5% was a little too much. I bailed on stamps.com because they went up $3 a month. Right. And it wasn't because they went up $3 a month. I $3 if I can't sustain a $3 a month right. increase in my shipping, whatever but the reality was that for that three dollars a month I was getting nothing.
1: Well it made you it made you question whether yeah it's, their service was worth it.
0: it's it's at the right? point in the bell curve where right. you go huh so excuse me not the bell curve. let me show you my economics fans the Laffer <laughs> curve. Um, when you get to that point in the Laffer curve you start to wonder if what you're paying is worth what you're getting and at 1499 or 1599 stamps.com is at 1799. Right. Now you're starting to think, okay, cuz the next you know the next step up is 1999. Right. And at that point it absolutely is not worth the money when Pirate Ship gives me everything that they give for free. Right. Yeah, for totally. free. And the pricing is the same by the way. Don't let stamps.com fool you about their pricing. Their pricing is very good. But if you're paying 17 dollars a month to access their pricing, <clears throat> Pirate Ship's giving you the same pricing and you're not paying anything. You're just pre-buying your shipping. Right, and you can pre-buy in increments as low as twenty dollars. I mean, you'd have to be crazy. You'd right. just have to be crazy. But you know, as as uh, Matt says, everyone's business is in a different part of its life cycle. So yeah,
1: no, and I think that was a I think it was a good feedback too because as I as we were talking about before we got started, Matt Matt was is one of those people that when I said in the previous episodes that um, I know people that are doing well on Etsy and have mm-hmm. figured it out. He's one of those guys. He he does, um, he sells uh, handmade wooden crates. He sells these amazing um, uh, wooden beer advent calendars. So like every day has a different beer and stuff oh, like that's that. That's a like, really cool idea. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. And he does a really, really good job. But it, he's been on Etsy for a while. And I think that goes to, back to what we've been saying. For people that have been on there for a while it's it it's not a bad flat platform it's no, a totally really hard platform for someone starting out and trying to get in the game and again so it's not that etsy's bad it's just etsy's a hard place to get going right yeah i, I think and and there might be other avenues if you're just getting started now there might be other avenues that might be more beneficial
0: and it's also, I mean, so when Etsy started, it was very hard to roll your own e-commerce. Right, right, exactly. And, and right. that's another That's another thing, yeah. you know, Etsy filled a void for people mm-hmm. when there was nothing else there. Right. And now it's like, I mean, I know people that are having tremendous success just putting stuff on Facebook Marketplace. Right.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Because Facebook has pushed Marketplace to the point where right. it's an icon on the mobile app that's not buried under a menu. Right, right. So you start up your Facebook app, and on the bottom of the screen, you got your your account button, you got your marketplace, you got your groups, and you got your menu. And the marketplace is just sitting there waiting to be open. And then if you open it, well, guess where it's connecting you? It's connecting you to local sellers first. Right. So if you're in a small town and somebody clicks that, they'll see your stuff before they'll see anyone else's. Now, that may not be what your business model is. You may want to only do e-commerce and ship, but mm-hmm. if you can get a local person to buy your stuff and you don't have to even pay for the shipping facebook marketplace is looking real attractive for stuff like that
1: well i think that's a good point for people making things larger scale products Mm -hmm. like furniture or whatever is shipping is one of the most prohibitive aspects of it right shipping is the worst part (laughs) it it is And and it takes something that is a good value and tips it over the scale to people being like ah never mind right like it, it is that sensitive, I feel like, the shipping. Totally. And especially, though, when you get to larger scale things.
0: So. Oh, I mean, I have I make... So I'm going to share... I don't charge for shipping. Right. And the reason I don't charge for shipping is because I ship everything first class. Mm-hmm. And shipping first class, uh, most of the stuff I ship is five to six ounces. And the price... and The highest I've paid for shipping is $4.14. So I know I can eat the shipping. Right. I, I used to charge $5 for shipping. At one point, I was like, wow, people don't want to pay $5 for shipping. I raised my prices $5 and started giving free shipping. All of a sudden, everybody like free shipping. Okay, fine. I get <laughs> it. But USPS first class is super, 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 super cheap. Yeah. And if you can ship first class, you're going to save a lot of money. Well, you're just going to save a lot of money. But if you're going to ship, like, cutting boards mm-hmm. when it weighs, you know, a good cutting board for maple, walnut, they're not light could be right. six, seven. I mean, I made a blank as a demo for a potential client. It was a seven-pound cutting board. It cost me $27 to ship it priority to California.
1: Well, that's that, I very, think that's the time, if it will fit in the, uh, what do they call the, it? Like, the, the large flat rate box? It yeah. did not fit. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: so uh, like, I know.
1: But, but if it does fit, that is an, that, I think that is when that actually... Well, that's not that's not only an option. That's your only option, right? Because it is amazing how expensive it is. There's a most of the time, it's not economical to use that flat rate. They're not economical at all. And I've actually we've said on this podcast,
0: don't use them. (laughs) Don't use them.
1: But there are once in a while if it if if it's heavy but small, (laughs) yeah, like if you're
0: sending a block of lead, they're wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) They're wonderful piece of concrete. All right. What else we got? We got um that was it actually. That was our feedback for the week. Do you want to do uh want to do some things oh the week? Let's do it. Cool. You want to go first or
1: Uh sure. I can go first. Cool. Uh, I got two. So I got a channel and a product. All right. So um <clears throat> so I'm a I have a love-hate
0: relationship with camera straps. <laughs> oh boy. You and me both, and I have one that I'll recommend, but I'll let you... I have a feeling you're going to recommend the same one I recommend. Uh, no, I don't
1: know if I will. It's, it, it, well, it's brand new to me, so this is why. So uh, I have a lot of camera straps, um, and I like I like having the sling one... I like having the option to do a sling versus just a neck strap or whatever. And But what I don't like is the one I have that is a sling, which I is a great strap. It connects to the bottom, right where you'd mounted to a tripod
0: okay you are going to talk about the one that i was talking about that because that's the one i have the one from black rapid
1: yep oh Yep. yep, exactly that's the one i use (laughs) and i love that strap don't get me wrong i love that strap i think it's it's probably one of my favorite straps but what i don't like about it is that it mounts to the bottom Mm -hmm. and so if i want to put it you know if i want to switch to a tripod i have to take it off not a big deal it's a great strap i'm not putting any you know any shade on that strap i'm curious
0: to see the one you pick (laughs)
1: yeah so but i think this is an alternative i'll put it that way so um so actually this is funny but um actually so my girlfriend's uh ex she uh he sorry he (laughs) he (laughs) is um a photographer and that's his thing he's he's passionate about photography like we are about making and um he has tons of cameras and and Tons of equipment. And uh, I was noticing his strap when we were watching uh, her daughter's field hockey game last week. And I was like, oh, I really like that strap. And he started talking about it. And I, you know, I really liked it. And so he sent it, he bought me one and sent it to me uh, today, actually. So I got it today. And it's called uh, Leash, L E A S H, ultralight camera strap. I'll send you the link. Um,
0: Oh, it's by Peak. Yeah, it's by Peak. Okay. Yeah, I know this one.
1: Okay. So super lightweight, super thin. Um, but what, what's nice about it from what i and again, full disclaimer, I have not used it yet. I've only seen it and played with it a little bit today. Um, but what's really nice about it is it's super easy to adjust. Uh, so you can turn it from a neck strap to a sling really, really quickly. Um, so I like that a lot. I like the aesthetics of it too, but that's not really important. Um, but the other thing I like about it is that it mounts to the, you know, the side, what do you call them? Side eyelet, Eyelets? Yeah, know,
0: where where the actual strap would should go. Would be mounted,
1: right. Um so I really uh. like that. Again, not as not as my only strap. I would not say that this is the one and only strap I'd ever use, but I really like it as an alternative. It also has quick releases um so that you can pop it off and so I don't know. I, I really like it. I think it's a really cool strap, and I'm excited to try it out. So well,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another bit of knowledge at you. Our All good right. friend Ant Pruitt, and I thought he didn't. I just went to his channel, and I was right. He did a review of it. Oh really? Yeah. Did, did he, he hate it? He, he did it in August for uh, August 14th of 2017. He reviewed the leash. I knew he did. I was looking for it while you were talking. <laughs> so um, we'll he, put that link he, in the show notes too. Just plug he our he, buddy. He, and it's okay if he did. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's he liked it too so oh he liked um, it okay oh yeah no he liked it and it's funny cuz i got the i got the black rapid one because I, literally for the reason you don't like it i is the reason i got it mm-hmm. i wanted one that mounted in the tripod hole um because i like i like to be able to just pick my camera up and take a shot and i found that with it bouncing on my chest with yeah. the regular strap that went over and grabbed both sides I, I just i hated taking pictures with the strap on i would actually go out without the strap because it was and just that, easier and that's the worst right
1: right but no and again i don't like i absolutely love that strap it's just different occasions different
0: oh totally and know? i most of the shooting i did is like street photography so right. if i'm going down into the subway and you're jump running downstairs with your camera it's oh yeah smacking in the chest you know it's not as but if i'm out in the wild and i know i'm going to be putting it on a tripod to do a time lapse or something like that yeah no that totally makes sense that's,
1: so i think it's a it's a complimentary versus a this or that, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. And one of the things I didn't love about about the Black Rapid one is that I ended up having to buy a whole bunch of the tripod connectors. Oh, yeah. 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 Because if you, you have more than one camera, I mean, it's a pain in the ass to right. take it off, then screw it into the other one. And mm-hmm. yeah. Good yeah. point. Good point. Yeah. I, I, I just, that's kind of what I'm used to, but it's I may a gr- take a I mean, look at this no, one. No, that's a too. great strap. I mean,
1: I, I'd never done the sling before that strap. Mm -hmm. and it is so much easier to if you're like walking and hiking or something to grab it and pop it up i think it's a very quick strap i don't know
0: i can't imagine the and you know it's funny i've never gone out with a long lens on Mm -hmm. my on my rebel but i imagine a long lens on a sling strap would suck oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. because then you're just gonna be bumping that lens Mm -hmm. constantly yeah yeah. I never even thought of that, huh. huh? Now you got me. Now you got me pondering my whole entire existence, <laughs> or something. All right, <laughs> uh, you want to go, and then I'll do my last one. So you said you had a YouTube channel, also.
1: Yeah, you want me to do that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So my YouTube pick is um, it's Brian of Bike City Woodworks. He's also on uh, Instagram as the same uh, same name, and he does. All right. So I've watched a million videos uh, from him and other people, but. I'm gonna pronounce it still gonna pronounce it wrong.
0: It's uh Komiko. Kim- oh you know? yes. Is, is
1: am I pronouncing
0: that correctly? Yes. Um Yeah. Kimiko. Well if you're not we're both pronouncing it wrong, but okay. it's Kumiko. I think it's Kumiko, but Kumiko, yeah. okay Um and he uh so he does that, that's kind of his thing. Wait, that's um, his kit?
1: What? Uh, this this kit is his Oh, he does. I mean, he has kits. Yeah, he oh, sells kits.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I've seen a lot of people suddenly start using this. This. Week. Oh, yeah. He's so. he's
1: one of two that are really. Well, no, actually, one of one of three guys that are like that's kind of what they're known for, and they sell Got kits it. and stuff like that. Okay. And um, he, I mean, he's very, very good. Um, but he has a very new YouTube channel, so it's a little. I want to give him a shout out. Um, and I think he's he's like me, he's still trying to find his voice. But he did a uh, video, I think it dropped yesterday or today, um, it was his entry into the Bentwood Challenge, and he did this kind of Bentwood um, frame with uh, Kumiko uh, inserts, uh, lantern, basically, like a lamp lantern kind of thing. Wow. But it was a really good video, I think he's coming into his own now, and uh, he kind of, it was it was very polished, much more than I think, well, not, I shouldn't say that, but it, it He's kind of found his his rhythm and stuff like that, and I thought it was a really, really good video. But regardless of that, he does phenomenal work. He, do, he makes some amazing lanterns, lights, furniture, all those types of things. So, um, and, he, and he's a good guy. So I just wanted to give him a shout-out. I think he is doing good things, and I think he's got a great design aesthetic, and I think he's going he's gonna to do well, so...
0: Yeah, I've seen, so out of nowhere, all of a sudden, somebody must have just come out with a Kumiko kit, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden, everyone's doing it, and I'm like, this has been around for, like, right, millennia. Right.
1: right. Probably <laughs> longer sudden,
0: than the United States, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's... yeah. And now, all of a sudden, everybody's doing right, it all at once. Right. Like, why? Well, it's a very visually pleasing It thing, really is. Right? I, it's it's like I we talked it. about with, like,
1: stitching and leather and stuff like that. It just, it's a very appealing to the eye
0: it's hard to describe I, I would love to you know i know obviously this is an audio podcast it's very hard to describe what kumiko is but if you look up um just google k-u-m-i-k-o and you can look at you've seen it you don't mm-hmm. know what it's called but i promise you you've seen it and when you see it you're gonna go oh that stuff's beautiful yeah it's, it's it gorgeous. really is
1: it's gorgeous and he's and he's one of the best in our space for sure there's I, I put him and there's two others that i would say are really really good at it and kind of, you know, own that corner of our our niche, and well, uh, and, and re- I'm pumped that he started a YouTube video a YouTube channel. I think I think he's he's figuring it out, and I like it. I remember
0: the time that um, Neil from Pask Makes mm-hmm. did Kumi- Kumiko yeah and i was like oh my god this is a job for a freaking madman and i was just watching him yeah. like sitting there with one little piece and filing and uh sanding it up on on and i was like wow i just don't have the patience for that but it looks really freaking cool right
1: oh yeah. well and it's one of those things where i'm like i don't know like i'm pretty i i enjoy those kind of detail type work i don't i i don't know if i can do it i don't like it it's almost too much detail for me it's Really, yeah, really no d- absolutely absolutely but the, the result is amazing like it is very amazing so
0: well you know so one of the things that as makers we tend to do is we get really focused on the macro mm-hmm. and uh, and forget about the micro yeah and then this just turns that whole dynamic on its head like For this sure. is all about the micro like tiny tiny little detail pieces it take days to put things together, right? And, right. Yeah, that's just not that's not my world, but I could totally appreciate that. Yeah, world. Exactly. I don't think that's something that. I, it, yeah,
1: I don't think that's in my wheelhouse. I don't think that's going to be something I do. I might try it at some point, but it's not going to be my angle or <laughs> avenue. But I, I appreciate it. Well, one of the funny, uh, one of the coolest things he did too, um, I thought this was a cr- uh, great marketing thing is he came to WorkbenchCon. So we all came to WorkbenchCon with like our stickers and. You know, business cards or whatever. He came and um, I don't know how many he had, but he had these business cards that, if you folded them the right way, they made a Kumiko lantern that you could put on top of your cell phone light. Oh wow! And it would light. It would light it. It was. I thought it was the most brilliant marketing thing I've ever seen. So you, you'd just be like a little square cardboard thing, and you put it on top of your iPhone. Where the light, you know, you turn your light on and you put it on top of it and it looked like a lantern and it had his logo on it. Brilliant. So, so smart.
0: That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's anyways, those cool. are my picks. Cool. Um, my pick is a very easy one. Um, I was buying all my gemstones and jewelry supplies, particularly I started out when I made the resin pendants. Uh, one of the things that go into a resin pendant is it isn't just resin, obviously, because no one would buy that, but it's. Um, <laughs> it's gem chips undrilled gem chips and they're really really tiny like one two millimeter three millimeter pieces of semi-precious stones and that's what i cast into the resin and that was my off cuts yeah almost like yeah it's like the shrapnel when you cut the piece you want this is what's left over so they sell them as undrilled chips that's awesome and usually you would use them for like i use them for jewelry people use them for inlay they're very popular for inlay because you can do colored resin and these stones and you can get some really neat effects with it. I use them for making jewelry because I just like the way they look and it's a nice way to add some, for example, amethyst is an expensive stone, mm-hmm. but adding amethyst with chips is really, really cheap. Right. And you can do some really cool stuff with like pendant frames and cabochons. And now I've started making my own pendant frames out of walnut, So you can do some really cool stuff. <laughs> I was getting all the chips from Michael's and they stopped selling for a very short period of time. They were renovating the Michael's that's near me. And the first batch of gemstones I got came from Michael's and it was in little tiny cork capped bottles. And it was like, I think it was 12 different stones. And that was what got me started making the resin jewelry. Well, Michael's eventually was renovating the store, and these weren't in the store for a long time, so I had to find a place to get the stones. Right. And one of the people in the Glowforge group, thank God for her, thank God for her, thank God for her, <laughs> she turned me onto to a place called Fire Mountain Gems. Ooh. And Fire Mountain Gems is a company that's been in business since 1973. They are officially older than I am. Online, though? Online. Okay. And they actually, I'm pretty sure they have a store in Oregon, too, but I... You know, I have no way of finding that out, but, um, but they are a, I guess they have, I'm an idiot. Of course they had a store in 1973. They weren't online in 1970. (laughs) What the hell is wrong with me? Um, but yeah, they have e-commerce before e-commerce. Yeah, exactly. Before the E, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but so they have everything that you ever could possibly need to make jewelry. They have gemstones. They have semi-precious stones. They have some precious stones. They have findings for, and for those of you that aren't in the know, findings are all the stuff that you put on to finish jewelry, like um, clasps and loop uh, jump rings, which are the rings you split apart to put pieces together, and all these things. They literally, if you're making jewelry, they have what you need. It doesn't, you don't have to look anywhere else. Um, and, And what's also nice is they have you know um plated stuff but then they have like fine metal stuff so if you want to make stuff with sterling silver or gold like as far as findings they have solid gold findings wow. they have sterling silver findings they have copper i mean i've not there have been times where i've ordered stuff elsewhere i'm not going to lie i don't order everything from them yet but i'm hmm. getting to the point where i'm starting to their prices are relatively competitive they are not the cheapest um, on everything They are cheap on a lot of stuff But you can um, count on it? What's that? You can count on it though Oh yeah So this right. is the thing right For five ninety nine, That's flat rate shipping From them And they're in Oregon And I get stuff in three days I don't even yeah. understand How they ship stuff that cheap And get it to me in three days um, They become my go-to If I'm looking for something I start there And then go elsewhere If they don't have it But right. I've only had a couple of occasions where I needed something like the next day, those I went to Amazon for. Mm-hmm. But they also, the one nice thing that they do is with every order, every month they rotate out their free gift. So every month you get a new free gift with your order. So if you make three orders, you get the same three, free gift three times. But the last one has been a retractable tailor tape. Wow. And I'll tell you, if you, if you make jewelry, you need a tailor tape. You need one. Oh, yeah. You cannot get away without one. I've tried. It doesn't work. (laughs) You need a tailor tape. These are retractable. They're not the super highest quality, but they're free. So I've made two orders this month. I've gotten two of them so far, and they're freaking fantastic. But yeah, firemountaingems.com. If you're into into making jewelry, you want to get started, they're having right now uh, this crazy sale on Swarovski stuff. And if you know anything, you know Swarovski crystal is beautiful stuff. And they're having like a super – basically – in small quantities, you'll pay wholesale prices, and that's one thing I like about them. They will every once in a while they'll drop their retail price down to wholesale price for people that are on their email newsletter. It's a really good way, and they're they're a family owned company. They're not a um, they're not some giant conglomerate. Yeah, good people. They get their <clears throat> they get stuff to you on time, and the stuff is high quality. So. If you want to start making jewelry, Fire Mountain Gems, firemountaingems.com. They're not paying for this. I just love them, and thank God I found them because they've had stuff that I can't find anywhere else. But if you want to be a sponsor. <laughs> oh, I mean, guys, yeah. If, if Hey, Fire Mountain people, if you're listening and you want to be a sponsor, I promise you, we'll get you in a lot of episodes <laughs> of this podcast. Trust me. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? No, I think that's, that that will do it. Sweet. I was wondering what the hell we were going to talk about and yet again we pulled off another episode. Yep. That's how we do. <laughs> Woohoo. We saved it. F- <laughs> we snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. <laughs> that's So then that's it. That's going to do it. Thanks for listening everybody. If you have a moment, jump on over to your podcast platform of choice and leave us a review. Let us know that you like the podcast, that you enjoy it. Send us feedback. Um, you can get to us through because we make.com. Um, there's a feedback form right there. You don't even need our email address. Just You can f- send us feedback right through the website. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, have a great one, everybody.